Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you. Those that work so hard for money, but you're now ready for your money. Start working harder for you today. Why? Because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You are sick and tired of not having that time freedom today to be able to do what you love with those you love. But more importantly, it's not just about getting rich. It's about living a rich life because as you're blessed financially, you now have a greater capacity to be a blessing in the lives of those around you. Thank you for tuning in today because man, you guys really are some of the best listeners ever. Keep binging, keep sharing, keep doing what you guys are doing. And more importantly, keep applying this so that your lives change and that makes our ripple effect continue beyond just what we do here. If you haven't done so already, speaking of ripple effect, if you guys want to keep your education going, go check our website, moneyripples.com. We got lots of free information resources. And if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples channel, do so because we got videos coming out even beyond just these podcasts. So check that out. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually earn double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys, so I'm bringing back a repeat guest once again. We're bringing back Lee Arnold. Now, if you didn't see Lee's previous interview that we had done earlier this year, uh, Lee is a genius in the real estate and lending space, right? He's not only just a CEO of multiple multi-million dollar companies, uh, the guy is an author, best-selling author. He's an international speaker. Uh, he does great things, not to mention, I mean, this guy bounced back from the last recession like me, but I'm like a mini version of Lee in this sense where he's done way bigger things since the last recession and and having a you know a big you know big shakeup there to then bounce back and and really be that comeback story. But the other thing I also love about Lee too is that the guy has a heart and he has a mission and the guy is is God fearing. Uh, him and his wife have a have a charity uh, foundation they've done together. Uh, but he's got a great foundation as well and even puts on on a huge conference each and every year uh, out there in, in Washington State. So really excited to have Lee back on. Lee, thanks for joining us today. Chris, thank you for having me. Always love hanging out with you and chatting. Absolutely, man. It's it's always fun, man. And the thing is, like, well, give people a little bit more of your backstory, just for those that maybe haven't gone that that far back in our episodes. Uh, yeah, so I started investing in real estate in 1995, uh, and things were going well. Record low interest rates, a lot of things happening. You know, we had uh, September 11th in 2001. After that, rates were really low. The market gets superheated, uh, and this, of course, leads to this crazy recession of eight and nine. 
And at that time, we were pretty heavily leveraged. I mean, I was doing large developments, uh, had a lot of debt. In fact, the whole company was being run on debt because debt was so cheap. But then when 2008 hit, it just pretty much wiped us out. Uh, and I learned through that that in a recessionary downturn, the area that the government is going to provide subsidies and and help to bail the market out is going to be in the first time and second time homebuyer markets, the affordable housing arena. Uh, because it was shortly after the recession that rates dropped dramatically, and then there was all these government in, uh, uh, government coupons and things for first-time homebuyers, second-time homebuyers. But there was a specific class of real estate that they were lending on, uh, and I'll give you those five criteria. It was houses that were residential in nature, single-family, one-to-four units, houses that were under 2,800 20, square feet, houses with less than five-bedroom, three baths, houses on less than a half of an acre, and houses below the FHA cap, which represents affordability for 80% of the U.S. And so as we were rebuilding, regrow, regrowing the organization, 2009-2010, we took a very different position on not only the type of real estate that we would acquire and participate in, but also the type of real estate that we would lend on. And so we have been very, very conservative in our underwriting, the types of properties we lend on. So now we find ourselves in this very interesting market in 2023, going into 2024, you know, there's disruption, there's concern, but, you know, it always goes back to the old the old adage, Chris, and I'll ask you, do you know what you call a hard money lender in a recessionary downturn? What? Landlord, right? So if you write a <laughs> loan on a piece of property and that borrower defaults, you're going to have to end up taking that property back. The question is, can we take the property back and make it cash flow? Can we rent it out to cover the debt service on the original loan to produce the yield to the investor? And so that's been our modus operandi since 2010 and 11. Uh, and as we go into this now new norm, uh, I see a lot more opportunity than I see downside. Yeah, that's and that's it's interesting you brought that up because you brought something to my memory as well. Because you're kind of dealing with this Goldilocks type of a uh, type of property, right? You're dealing with because one thing that many people don't realize is the last recession. Although we saw real estate values tank, the one place they didn't really tank, the value stayed pretty stable, was below that FHA guideline, wasn't it? Well, even below the FHA guideline, I mean, housing took a pretty dramatic hit, but that was tied more to um, inventory levels and demand levels because there was such mm. a glutton of this inventory uh, because so many people had bought that particular asset class as an investment, as a rental. Uh, they weren't mm -hmm. using it as an owner-occupant. So that's where that that deluge of inventory hit the market and really just brought value down. Uh, yeah. And because, you know, we had 8 million Americans who lost their home in foreclosure during this period. So there was this weird 18 to 24 month period where people were just afraid to buy. They were afraid to enter the market because mm -hmm. of what what they had just gone through, what they had experienced. Furthermore, their credit was in a situation that they, they couldn't qualify. Underwriting criteria is requiring 720 minimum FICOs to get loans. So it was certainly an interesting market. But to your point, Chris, that's where the government was wanting uh, to get resolution quickly. And that's why they were providing all of these discounted mortgage rates and down payment assistant programs to get mm. that inventory filled up with people who are actually living in these homes. The government and the nation just runs better when people are homeowners. And that's the asset class that the government wants people to have is a home. It creates stability in the household. Uh, you have better socioeconomic uh, factors when people own housing. So the government's always going to throw a lot of attention and energy towards that. 
Well, and, and I know we we advertise your funds that you have here um, with your one of your companies, Secured Investment Corporation. Uh, I know we advertise that here on the podcast uh, several times a month. And the thing that's great about that is that, I mean, there's minimum investment level of even $1,000. Like a, anybody can get in. I even just, in a team meeting recently said, hey guys, if you're looking to create passive income, you haven't done it yet. They're Secured Investment Corp. You could start there. You know, you could start small even if you, you don't have an excuse basically. But that's but that's the thing is like I know when you invest your money, you're investing by lending it to other real estate investors, right? So you're doing more short-term loans to these investors. I know you're seeing it like real time right now. And we're hearing all this different stuff between even even real estate guests on the show and even on the media. We hear things ranging anything from, oh, real estate's fine. There's nothing going wrong with real estate, nothing will happen. And then we get the other extreme of people saying, Oh, it's going to take a hit. It's going to get hit hard again. What are you seeing in reality right now? Well, I, I think every guest that you've had on the show has probably been 100% accurate in the particular mm -hmm. area of real estate that they practice. So if they mm -hmm. are in the office space, they're having a really difficult time. I mean, office vacancies in downtown corridors are pushing north of 30%. So if yeah. you're in that space, you're hemorrhaging cash. We're seeing a lot of defaults taking place on that. Uh, we also saw in the run-up of 2020, 2021, 20, early 22, you know, we had all of these people that were coming out with commercial syndications and new mm -hmm. construction, and they ran all of their numbers at 25 and 3% takeout loans at the end of the project. Well, if your takeout occurred in 2022 or 2023, your takeout now was hitting 65 7, 7.5%, where your initial underwriting had a 4 cap or a 5 cap. So now it's a negative cash flow just coming out of the deal. Uh, so a lot of people are getting hung up in those types of loans. So any type of a scenario where you have an oncoming call, meaning you mm -hmm. got to pay the existing loan off, the, the construction loan, the rehab loan, those people are really having a difficult time because banks just don't have liquidity to provide takeout lending for those types of projects, especially when you have such negative cash flow. So now yeah. there's this rush to build and, and you know, you got to do a second or a third round of financing just to get mm -hmm. the deal stabilized. In those arenas, yeah, there's, there's some pain and heartache taking place. In the single family, the uh, affordable housing market that we are in, uh, we're, we're seeing some disruption. Uh, we've seen our median price point drop by about two and a half to four, two and a half to four percent. So not not huge disparity from value a year ago to present. Uh, the mm -hmm. one thing that's killing everything, though, is rates. Even single-family housing is moving slower. Uh, days on market has elongated from uh, roughly 25 days. We're now seeing 85 days, days on market to get inventory to move. Uh, and yeah. we're seeing supply chains. It used to be we had a 15-day supply of inventory. Now we're pushing almost a 90-day supply of inventory, which sounds like a lot until you realize that a normal market has a six-month supply of inventory, and the average days on market ranges from 90 to 180 days. So mm -hmm. we're still in a pretty good spot, but the reason that we're seeing all of the negative things in the media uh, is mortgage lenders. So if you are a conventional mortgage mm -hmm. lender and you work with owner-occupants, uh, you have very few people coming out to buy new housing with rates hovering over north of eight, at least last week they were. This is creating carnage as well as bad news in the press. And so this is making its way into the general markets and real estate is dying. Uh, I can tell you from the front lines, it isn't. But there's another thing happening, and that is real estate agents are really struggling to make ends meet because they get paid when properties are sold. So if I'm not selling houses because rates are too high, I'm not earning commissions, then I'm reporting mm -hmm. that the market is tanking and everything's falling. 
But if you look at the numbers, the numbers are such that inventory levels are still relatively low given what's going on with rates. Why? Because anybody that's got a loan is sitting at three and a half or 4%. They're not putting their house on the market to sell it. So when does all of this deadlock begin to un unlock? My prediction, and I don't have a crystal ball, I'm not, I'm not an economist, but I've been doing this for almost 30 years, so I've seen some trends. My prediction, we will begin to see the markets open up and really see more inventory, better deals, better pricing coming online. My expectation is somewhere between May or June of 2024. Uh, I believe rates will drop to six. I think the government's done a very effective job, as has the Fed, uh, in curbing inflation. Inflation has come down from eight down to now sitting at three and a half. They want to get it below two. Uh, I think that they will. But the minute inflation goes below two, unemployment's going to spike. And so they're going to have to do something to jolt the economy or the market back into moving and the way they're going to do it is by dropping rates. So I see rates between five and a half to six by the end of second quarter Q4, or I'm sorry, the end of second quarter 2024. That's where we'll see rates start to come down. Now, just this week, Chris, we saw the greatest reduction in rates that we've seen in over a year. They've gone from eight to now we're sitting at about seven and a quarter. Uh, and just that, I mean, the phones are starting to ring again. And I, I didn't mention this at the top, but we not only lend money nationwide to real estate investors, but we are also an active fixing and flipping and uh, wholesaling and turnkey provider up in the Pacific Northwest. So I operate in Spokane County, Washington, which is Eastern Washington. And we also operate in Kootenai County, Idaho, which is the Coeur d'Alene area, uh, which is the Northern Panhandle of the state of Idaho, about hundred miles south of Canada. So these, this is our territory. We cover about 80 miles in radius uh, and we're actively buying, fixing and flipping. And just when rates drop uh, just a few days ago, we've seen more showings happening in our properties that are available for sale. We're seeing more offers coming in already. Uh, so just that little increase in rates makes all the difference in the world. The thing that people have to know is for every 1% increase in interest rates, 5 million people can no longer afford to buy housing. So right. conversely, when you see a 1% reduction in rates, that's now 5 million people that now suddenly can afford housing. So as that mm -hmm. thing slides up and down, millions and millions of people are affected positive and negatively. Uh, and with these now coming down, we're seeing a lot more people being affected positively. So the safe place to be, in my opinion, is in that first and second time home buyer below the FHA cap, because that represents 80% of affordability for Americans. So as long as you're playing in that space, I, I don't know that you're really going to have a, a, a disruptive time over the course of the next three or four quarters. I, I, I'm pretty bullish on where we're headed. So unlike what the feds are saying, where they say, we're going to keep them elevated up to like 2025, you're saying, I think they're going to be a little bit more, well, and the feds have lied before. <laughs> so, but you're saying pretty much you're, you expect them to start pulling back a little bit on those reins. And, and like you said, even the rates, which even the feds haven't dropped the rates, but still the mortgage rates have already dropped just recently in the last few weeks, where we actually have seen uh, better affordability and people are trying to jump in really quick before they raise them back up again, almost out of fear, people are jumping back in the market, right? Well, and the other thing that you're, we're dealing with, uh, we're still seeing a very high ratio of investor purchase single family 
uh, one to four unit properties because investors really are struggling to get yield. I mean, mm. the stock market has not been producing a whole lot. You and I were talking earlier about the oil and gas industry not not producing as much as it was just six or eight months ago. Uh, and so investors are really now chasing yield and they're having a hard time finding it. But the single family affordable home market still produces it because uh, rental rates have gone up. Uh, almost 30, mm-hmm. 40, 50 percent in some markets. You know, as I look at our own rental portfolio, both for me and my family personally, as well as for our private equity funds, in the last 36 months, we've seen rents go up almost 50 percent. So housing wow. that we used to rent for 1250 is now running at 1900 to $2,100 uh, in mm-hmm. just 36 months. But that's also the inflationary pressures that the feds are trying to curb. Uh, we are now seeing a Uh, a reduction in rental rates, but we're also in the fourth quarter of 2023, uh, and we're also in a cold weather climate. So it's Mm -hmm. typical to see a slowdown both in house sales and tenant lease-ups in November, December, January, and February in northern states, cold weather climates. People don't want to be loading U-Haul trucks in zero-degree weather. So uh, but that is the other reason I believe we'll see some unthawing, uh, pun intended, in the markets in the spring of the year, uh, both because there's that pent-up demand, but also rates will be lower. Gotcha. And what, what are you seeing with the the borrowers, You know, the, the investors that are borrowing money from you guys right now? Are they focusing still on doing fix and flip or because the time on the market, are they more converting these to rentals? What are you seeing more of happening currently? Well, what we do, as I mentioned, Chris, we are a fix and flip rehabber, investor, turnkey provider, landlord. Uh, and we we train our client base based on what we are seeing in the markets and where we are seeing the greatest opportunity. Yeah. And right now, the greatest opportunity that we're finding is in the subject to space. So this is where you find somebody that needs to sell their house. Uh, maybe they can't sell the house for any particular reason. Maybe they're in arrears or the house is in such rough condition that it's not going to qualify for conventional lender or an owner occupant's not going to want to live there because it's in such uh, rundown condition. So what we will do is we'll come in and we will take over underlying first lien. Here's a prime example. We just got a deal under contract this week where the people need to move for a job in Texas. They need to get rid of the house they're in now. And they have an existing first mortgage. It's an existing FHA loan sitting at 2.75% interest. Well, that loan needs to stay intact. So Mm -hmm. what we will do is we'll bring in just cash and we'll say, okay, here's the cash that you would get from a normal sale. We're going to take over the underlying loan. Okay. Right. Now that's a subject to loan because now we've got this great house that we can rent for $1,750 a month with a monthly payment of $900. So subject to acquisitions is really going to be the big push over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. I I believe it will run its course once we cycle through some of these low interest rate loans. But right now, that is, in my opinion, the greatest opportunity for investors is in the subject to space. Now, here's the challenge most investors have. You have this first lien position, which is a low, low rate, low, low payment, but you need to bring in twenty or $30,000 into the deal to, to get the seller money they need to get moved out, to pay for moving expenses, maybe to bring mm-hmm. the loan current, to do any renovations, to make it habitable. And so as a company, what we have now created is what we're calling a subject to loan. Now, you might call it a bridge loan. You might call it mm-hmm. uh, short-term lending. But we're providing this second position lien behind the government first so that more investors can get involved in these subject to finance deals. Now, some would say, well, Lee, that's a second position. That seems like a risky position. No, we're still below 55% combined loan to value or CLTV. 
And because of the nature of the first lien, the payment is so low that even when you attach the second, the investor is still getting significant cash flow out of the transaction. So yeah. because this is what we are seeing working in our market, we're now teaching this to our clients and we have a, a customer base of about 1.3 million people nationwide. And so we now roll this out as an educational offering. And I'm going to be mm -hmm. teaching a class on subject to funding in uh, January to teach people not only how to find these deals, how to negotiate them, which, which forms to use, but also how to get funding to cover the gap that you need to get into the transaction. So it's a pretty exciting time. And, you know, 30 years in real estate, the thing I love most is when the market goes left, we, we hang a right. You know, when the market goes right, we hang a left. Uh, there's so many variations of opportunity. Uh, I don't know who gets credit for the quote, but the quote is when there's blood in the streets, buy. Well, mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity in the markets right now. You just got to be very selective about which markets you're playing in uh, and whether or not you can sustain them through the cash flow cycle. So I, I'm telling my clients, avoid ground up construction. If it doesn't produce income day one, I would avoid it. So ground up construction, I'm not a big fan of right now. Uh, I would avoid anything to do anything to do with the commercial sector, especially in downtown corridors. Even though we're seeing a lot of big companies push for employees to come back to the office, there's still a lot of resistance from a lot of people. They don't want to go back to the office. So they're opting mm -hmm. instead to quit. Well, this leaves more vacancies in the downtown corridor that have to be filled, which means we're not going to see change or, or improvement in those sectors, in my opinion, for another 12 to 24 months. Yeah. So focus on cash flowing, existing cash flowing investments, uh, and you're going to have a great 2024. Totally agree. It's, it's interesting you brought the subject to strategy because I just had somebody recently email me saying, hey, do you know anybody who teaches subject two? They were hoping I would. But I said, no, that's not our thing. We teach passive investing. We're more like the people that put the money with you, Lee, instead of the other way around, right? So if somebody wanted to make sure they were able to learn about this, I know you said you were doing a master class in January. Uh, what's the what's the better company they should follow to do that? Uh, they should go to Sub2 Funding. So it's S-U-B, the number two, Sub2Funding.com. Uh, we've set up a website there. Uh, people can go in there and opt in, give us their name, email, phone number. And then we will email them with the dates and the information about the class so that they can participate in that. And the other cool thing, Chris, uh, for those that are going to get involved in the sub two space, to bring that, that underlying loan current and, and get the property fixed up, uh, we, just, we just purchased uh, last week a house built in 2019, so it's only four years old. Um, we took over an underlying first at 3.675. We gave her $10,000 to get moved, and we're going to put in 7500 bucks to fix it up. So total cash out of pocket, about $20,000. Now, for mm -hmm. your audience specifically, Chris, this would have been a great property to acquire in the whole life policy because most mm -hmm. people have $20,000 in liquidity or cash availability, could have easily done that loan. And now you've got, I, I think that'll produce almost $1,200 a month in positive cash flow coming out of that deal on a $20,000 wow. investment. It's uh, like a 75% return a right there. Yeah. yeah. On a half million dollar brand new constructed home. Wow. So that, that house is not going to need a roof for 20 years. It's not going to need HVAC for 20 years. Uh, it's just going to spin out cash for a very, very long time. And to do that into a whole life policy uh, mm -hmm. would have just been an awesome way to structure that. thing. I see the way I, I would think is, man, that sounds awesome. How do I get somebody else to do that work for me? So then I just say, Hey, I'll give you, I'll, I'll finance the deal. And then you just pay me or maybe cut me in on the deal. Right. 
Absolutely. And that's the reason that we have put together this subject to funding product mm -hmm. is people can find great deals, but a lot of them don't have that 20, 30 or 40 grand that they need to get themselves into it. Well, we'll provide that funding. Uh, the starting yeah. rate on, on that type of a loan is five points and 15% interest. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you're looking at a 20% yield year one just on the debt that you are using to get them into that deal. Now, you know, the question I would ask is, well, Lee, how come you didn't put that deal in your whole life policy? Because uh, as you know, Chris, you and I have had conversations. I love whole life and I've got quite a few policies of it. But this was a deal that was going into our private equity funds. So mm -hmm. the rule that I have with uh, our equity fund investors is every good deal will go to our equity funds first if there's liquidity uh, yeah. or if it's a good investment for the funds. If the funds don't, for whatever reason, have liquidity in that moment. We've funded a lot of loans. We've bought a lot of properties. Then it will roll into you know, something that I might do personally, or if the risk is too great, where we feel like, man, that's just too risky for the funds. I don't want to put the funds in, in, in harm's way on that. Then I might do that personally. But 90% of the stuff that I'm acquiring is going through and into our private equity funds. Gotcha. And where do they find the access to the private equity funds? Uh, you can read more about our equity funds at securedinvestmentcorp.com, securedinvestmentcorp.com. Uh, there's now four, uh, five ways to invest with us. Uh, we have a accredited investor only fund, $50,000 minimum. We have a reg A plus fund with a $1,000 minimum. Uh, we sell notes, all of the loans that we originate, we sell them wholly to investors. Return on those whole notes ranges from 8 to 13%. So you can go look at the whole notes that we have for sale there. Uh, we also offer turnkey properties. So if you wanted to purchase turnkey uh, and have rental properties for the tax benefits of property ownership, uh, we provide turnkeys here in our local market where property management is already intact, cash flow is already occurring. Uh, and then, Chris, I don't know if you know this, we just opened a fifth fund, uh, and this is called our Fixed Income Fund 5. It pays a flat rate of 5% guaranteed. So there's no hmm. PREF. It's just a fixed 5%, and it's liquid in 90 days. So okay. this is so a good short -term. to people who – good short-term thing. There's not a big lockup period. So where people are chasing yield going into a four- or five-year CD to get four and a half, uh, they got to they got to tie it up for three and four and five years to get it. Uh, mm -hmm. They can come into our fund five, get five percent guaranteed, and there's no. Uh, it's only a 90-day tie-up period. And, and I should let me restate that. There's not even a 90-day tie-up period, so you don't have to be in 90 days. You can literally be in for three days and say, "I'd like my money back." Uh, that, mm -hmm. but we now have 90 days to get you that money back. So it's all tied to liquidity right. and markets and properties selling and loans being originated, loans being sold. It's a very interesting and fun business. I enjoy it. Yeah. Pretty much what you're saying, Lee, is that whether someone wants to be an active investor or a passive investor, you've got it. <laughs> we want to do all we can to provide as many opportunities for them to generate income, whether that be uh, passively or actively. Uh, yeah. And if, if they have time, I believe there, this is a great time to get into the market as an active investor, utilizing the subject to strategy, uh, because the yields are just unbelievable. Yields are incredible. Well, that's kind of the whole point of this, this episode, right? It was, you know, everybody's fearful right now. That's exactly the time you should be buying, right? Is when people are scared to even get in. They're all saying, oh, this is going downhill. That's when the opportunities show up. That's when you actually make the greatest amount of wealth is when everybody's running away that's when the people that the real players that make big money, that's when they come in and do it. Right. Yeah. And I believe the window of opportunity is the next 12 to 18 months. Totally agree. Well, Lee, this is really valuable today. Thank you so much for joining us. 
uh, everybody, you know, like I said, the, he's got the sub2funding.com. He's got, you know, uh, securedinvestmentcorp.com. I mean, whatever thing you're looking for, they've got it. Definitely check it out. Follow them. Uh, we will have a lot of that in the show notes as well for you. So everybody, you could be sitting on the sidelines waiting for the right time, quote unquote, or you could be taking advantage and taking the bull by its horns and taking advantage of this time when everybody else thinks it's the wrong time. This is the time right now for you to be able to create more freedom for yourself rather than saying, I wish I had like many people did after the 2009 crash. So guys, this is your time to be able to make your life, make something special with it. Go and make it a wonderful, prosperous week and we'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.